this morning. Good to see you, every single one of you, everybody online as well. We're so glad that you're here. Come on, give a huge shout out to everybody watching online at this time. Come on, everybody. This morning is going to be incredible, I already incredible worship. So glad that you're here. If you're here for the first time or watching online for the first time, we're so glad. Welcome to New Heart Church. I want uh, to talk for the next couple of minutes um, about this idea. We're in the Christmas time, and I know that there's so many uh, things going on in the month of December, and there's so many incredible stuff that's happening in our church uh, and, uh, I mean, Christmas Eve and all these different services, and I, I'm praying that this, uh, this month refreshes you, that you don't feel like you're just running uh, to do some stuff, but you actually feel refreshed. Come on, let's all pray together. Everybody online as well, why don't you pray with me? And let's pray over these next couple of minutes. Father, we're praying that, God, your Holy Spirit would speak. Father, we're praying that, God, we would be open to you. Father, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus that, God, whatever we brought in that is not from you, God, I pray that we would leave it. Father, I pray that those things wouldn't be over us, wouldn't be guarding us, wouldn't be weighing us down. But, Father, I pray that, God, we would have freedom that only comes from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen, amen, amen. I want you to tune in. We'll get here in just a second. Luke chapter 1. We're going to talk about this idea of what are you afraid of. Now this, uh, you know, you think about Christmas, you don't normally think of fear. You know, ho hopefully not. You, you know, when you think of Christmas, you don't think like, oh my gosh, scary. You know, think Halloween, maybe you get that, but not Christmas. I mean, Christmas is hot cocoa presents, you know, all the snow and all it feels good and get the fire going and all that kind of thing. Uh, but but there, there are moments in Christmas, just let me know, there are moments of stark fear, like absolutely fear. And you don't know this, but we all... Like we perpetrate it, we 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 bring it around every single Christmas time. Let me show you what I'm thinking about right here. I mean, and all of you laugh at that. I mean, look look at this. So I mean, Santa's just chilling, and she's like, "Please God, let me go." I mean, look at this this next one. I mean, this is, just, I mean, all three of them, and he's just smiling. Santa's just smile. That that that's terrible. Look at Santa laughing at her. Come on, what kind of sick, sadistic Santa is that? I mean, oh my gosh, look at, and, and you think about this, you think, okay, I, I understand, that. okay, yeah, we can go away from all of those things. Now, we all laugh at that kind of fear, you know, but when we talk about Christmas time, uh, we don't normally think of fear, like we don't think of this is, this is how you respond during Christmas time, but I, I just, I, I was reading this and I was thinking, oh, actually, in the story of Christmas and the birth of Jesus, there was actually some major fear. Major fear. Luke chapter 1 uh, talks about this with, with Mary. Look at this. Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 28. It says, Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings. Favored woman, talking about Mary, the Lord is with you, which is awesome. Confused and disturbed. Another translation says, confused and very afraid. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor. See, the angel's trying to say, hey, don't, don't be scared. Don't have fear, for you have found favor with God. Isn't it interesting 
that when God tried to start moving in Mary, Mary's life, the first thing, the first way that she responded was what? Fear. And we don't think about that that often. We, we think maybe she was confused or maybe she was trying to figure it all out, but we don't think about the first response to God moving was fear. And maybe sometimes we don't understand that the first time that God starts moving in our life, our response is fear. Of what does this mean? How is this going to all work out? Look, look at Luke chapter 2. I, I, wanna, I want you to see this. Luke, Luke chapter 2 verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Okay, this is awesome, amazing. God's filling. And then what did, how did they respond? They were terrified. God's moving. Huge. I mean, now I get it. Like if Lacey and Adrian and the whole worship team, like, suddenly appeared in your bedroom, hopefully you would be a little frightened. Or, okay, just a little bit. Some of you are like, oh, bring it on. Okay, okay, you settle it down. I mean, you know, we, uh, I understand the, uh, you know, the terrified of all of this stuff happening. But then I started thinking more and more uh, about this first response to God moving in our life. And why is fear something that we run to when God starts moving? And some of you might say, well, I'm not, I don't think this, this is me. I, I don't, I'm not scared of anything. It, remi- it reminds me of a, uh, when I was a junior high pastor, I, right out of college, I, um, I took uh, all my junior high students, we went to, uh, what, what we did was we went to um, a, a, like an adventure park kind of thing in Ohio, one of the biggest roller coasters uh, at that time in the United States. And uh, I was like, all right, we're going to hang out, ride this after we got on our missions trip. And, um, and we spent the whole day there. Um, and uh, one of the junior high students, one of these boys, he was in the eighth grade. He looked at me and goes, I've never rolled a roller coaster in my life. I'm going to ride that big one with you in the front. And I was like, bring it on, big boy. Let's do this thing. You know, he's eighth grade. I'm, you know, I'm just out of college. Let's do this. Let's roll the dice. Let's see what happens. And, and so we're, we're waiting in line the whole time. And he's, he's telling me, he's like, I, and I'm like, don't you think you want to start on something a little smaller? And he goes, I'm not afraid of nothing. I was like, good job. Let's see. You know, I'm just thinking in my head. We'll see how this story plays out. So we get out and get in the front. And, you, and any of you rode a roller coaster before, you know the click, 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 click of all the going up and going up and the anticipation. And so he's like yelling and like, yeah, bring it on. Let's do this. You know, like all, all the fanfare. And then about three-fourths of the way up, he started to get quieter. Yeah. Woo. Woo. You know, just all, you know, that. And then at the very top, like right when you're about to go, he looked at me and goes, really high. And then it just death drop. I mean, boom. So my hands go up. I'm screaming. I'm scared. I'm like, ah, you know, like I look over. I mean, fear had enveloped this kid. He's screaming, ah, 
like, I mean, like, he's going to die. And I'm looking at him, I'm starting to laugh. Like, <laughs> I'm not paying attention anymore. I'm like, yeah, that's right. You deserve this, you little, you know. It's just a youth pastor kind of thing. And, and so he's screaming, ah! And then all of a sudden, he just, his eyes go like this. He goes, oh. And I went, oh! Ah! Wake up! Wait! He passed out. Right on the coming down. I mean, and he's passed out as we're going corkscrewing. Everybody else is having a great time. I'm in the front like, I'm going to lose my job. Wake up. Come on. Ah, you know, just trying to get him to wake up, all this stuff. He wakes up right in the middle of a corkscrew and immediately, ah, you know, starts screaming. Again, all the way till we get to the very end. Click, 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 click. And he's just a million miles. <laughs> you know, I'm looking at him I'm like, yeah, yeah. He looked at me. He goes, I maybe was a little scared. <laughs> and I was like, you think? <laughs> Just a little bit. And I, I was thinking about this. I was thinking, some of us, we're operating in fear, and we don't even know it. Like, we're oblivious to fear. And I, I'm telling you, being oblivious to fear and having it is almost the same thing. It's just, it, it will hurt you. In, in, in so many areas where some of you don't, you've been operating in fear for so long that you think fear is something good for you. And you think fear is actually helping you instead of hurting you. And you're responding to God when he's moving in your life. And I think we, we all are in some areas. And we've maybe been doing this for a whole long time in our lives and not realizing it. Mary, the, sh the shepherds, they're, they're all, their first response was fear. What, what, what are some, I, I, I mean, I could lay out so many different fears that we all face. So I just want to talk about a couple of them this morning. And, and one of them that I really felt for some of us that we fight. Is, is this fear, and, 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 and when we start looking at all these different fears, this one, uh, I, I kind of wrote first because it, at the top of the list, I, I feel like this one is, is one that, that a lot of us deal with or have dealt with or continually deal with, the fear of being used, the fear of being used. You, you start saying Things like, what are you trying to take from me? What do you want from me? The only reason that we have a relationship is because of what I can give. The, on, the only reason that you want me around is because of what I produce. Uh, it, starts, um, it starts teaching you that you are what you do and not who you are on the inside that matters. And so you, you always think of your life as something that, of uh, like you're, you're kind of always on guard because you got used in the past and you don't want that to ever happen to you in the future. And so your whole life is has a shade of fear over it. And you wouldn't think it would be fear because you think of fear of just being scared. But really when you think a little de deeper, you start realizing I'm living my whole life out of out of this fear of being used. 
and you think that you're going to get used in your marriage, you're going to get used in your family, you're going to get used in your relationships, you're going to get used at your job, you're going to get used at a church, you're going to get used in this situation or that situation, and it is all you can think of is that I'm going to get used, and so you say never again. It happened before, but it's not going to happen again. And we live out of this fear. It, we all know, like, you know, um, maybe this is just for some of you. Ever ha- anybody ever had a bad relationship before you had a good one? Before the, the one you have now? You know, come, oh, no one ever had a bad relationship. Okay. Awesome. Okay, that you dated that one person that you're like, it was bad, 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 bad. Should have never, you know, like, we all have ha- had that. And you look back on that relationship, and you realize the reason it was so bad, well, it was this thing that was happening in that relationship. That's why it was so bad. The problem with that is not just that you had that bad relationship, but a lot of us take that baggage into our new relationship, and then, and then we've got to fix that stuff so we don't uh, put that shade on the new person that we're in. Come on, everybody. We don't do that in your new relationship. But, you know, people just don't do that in a relationship. They deal with that with churches and with jobs and with situations in their life all the time. And, and, and so we'll have, I'll just speak in the church situation for a second. We'll have people that come into church and they've got baggage from an old church. They feel like they got used. And then we talk about tithing or serving or leading and they just like, nope. Well, we're not like that last relationship. But we're getting shaded because somebody is living out of their fear of being used. And you can translate that into any part of your life. And not understanding that, okay, what if I live my life out of this fear of being used? See, here's, here's, here's why this fear is so tricky. You feel like you're doing this to protect yourself. And you're like, okay, I'm just protecting myself. But do you know what you're really doing? Is you're isolating yourself. And you think it's good. I'm going to build walls because this is, I'm not going to let that happen again. I'm not going to let that happen again. And and I'm, and can I tell you too, I can't tell you if you don't, if you fight this fear and you start getting out there again, that somebody might not use you in the future. That might still happen. But, but I'm here to tell you the, the what you gain by living your life open instead of in fear of being used is so much more than what you would give up. So much more. So we fight this fear. Some of us don't fight this fear. We fight the fear of not being enough. And, and, and your thoughts are, if they really knew me, they wouldn't be around me. If, if they really knew the thoughts that I had, then I, I, I wouldn't have this uh, relationship 
anymore, and, and, and you're always uh, judging your, yourself, and you're always looking at yourself as coming up short, and uh, confidence is uh, really, like, inward confidence is at an all-time low, and some of you overcompensate and, and try to make yourself look really good on the outside, because on the, on the inside, you really feel terrible about yourself, and you really feel less than, and so you're always thinking, well, I'm just, I'm just not good enough, and, and, and there's, uh, there's so much that I'm not good at, and every time that I uh, try to take a step forward, I'm always looking at the things that I, I do wrong, and, and I'm just not good enough. And also, you're, you're battling this fear. When people start encouraging you, you think they're lying to you or buttering you up. And, and because you don't believe it yourself. You don't believe the, and I'm not saying you're perfect. I'm just saying that there are things that God has put inside of you. Come on, there are things that God has put inside of you that every one of us need. And everybody everybody wants to have around them. And you got to understand that God created you on purpose for a purpose. But some of us are living with a fear of not being enough and, and not being of the person that we want to be. Or we feel like that God wants us to be. And so we're always walking around with a less than mentality and some of us we, we will uh, on the outside uh, show this side of man I've got it all together but on the inside we feel like I've just messed up everything there's this other movie that um, that came out not too long ago it's, uh, uh, it's called Dune and uh, it's a sci-fi movie and uh, so if you like that sort of thing you'll like this movie um, and uh, <laughs> all right <laughs> shout out to the nerds um, <laughs> I'm one of them. Don't judge me. All right. And so uh, I was watching this movie, and um, there's this one conversation. And this uh, this might speak to some of you producers, meaning uh, you you look at what you produce, and you say, "I am what I do." So this is going to speak to some of you, because um, some of you just judge what you do all the time, and if. And the only way that you feel good about yourself is you do something perfect. And, and otherwise, you're just constantly on this loop of it's not good enough, it's not good enough. And, and then it's, it turns in from it's not good enough to I'm not good enough. And you live with this all the time. On this unending wheel of performance. Thinking that you got to perform for people and you got to perform for God. And, uh, and if you don't do those things, then, then I'm less than. The fear of not being enough. This conversation between a son and his dad and in this movie, uh, his dad's this emperor of, like, you know, he's just an incredible leader. And, uh, and the son is the heir apparent. And the son's talking to him about, Dad, what if I'm not as good as you? Or what if I'm not even this person that you think that I'm supposed to be? Or, and uh, the dad looks at him. And it was just an incredible moment. That I, it just jumped out at me in this movie. That he said, if the answer is no, or you're not going to be this person, then you've always only ever been what I needed you to be. My son. Did you hear that? Somebody looked at, a dad looked at his son and said, if you don't do anything else, 
you've always only been what I've needed you to be, my son. Some of you have never known what it's like. And you wish your parents would have said that to you. And you wish you would have had a pastor say that to you. You wish you would have had a, a, a partner say that to you. You wish you would have had somebody. But you're, you're always walking around with this less than mentality. Or if I'm not doing enough, no one's going to love me. No one's going to care. And so you, you serve out of that. You, you serve out of this fear of not being enough. And, and the more that you do, the more you feel like, well, then people will love me. Can I just tell you, that is a perverted sense of acceptance. And if you keep living with a fear of not being enough, what will happen is you will constantly be on this doom loop of I've got to do more, I've got to do more, I've got to do more, and you will never be enough, and you'll always walk around with this uh, unending sense of dread that somebody's going to push me away because I didn't do it good enough. And I want to let you know that God does not look at you like that, and neither does uh, and neither does so many other people in your life. It's a lie from the pit of hell that says the only way you have good relationships is if you do something. I want to let you know that Jesus has done enough and if you've only, only ever understood that what Jesus has done for you, then you have been what God has always needed you to be, a son or a daughter, because he's looked at you and said, you know what, you just being here is enough. You being born and created from my hand is enough. But some of you are like, yeah, but it's really not. Because all you've known in your whole life is if I do this, then I'm accepted. If I don't do it, I'm not. But the story of the prodigal son says the son ran off, did the worst, came back and said, I only, I only deserve to be called your servant. And what did the father do? The father said, my son's back home. Because your acceptance is not about what you do. Your acceptance is about what Jesus has done. Come on, church. Come on. Let's give God worship and praise. Come on. Some of you, you don't have that revelation yet. Because if you had that revelation, there'd be something jumping on the inside of you that says, wow, God, thank you so much that you didn't judge me like my sins deserved. And you didn't look at me like the things that I have messed up with. And you don't always see my mistakes. God, thank you that you've given me mercy and grace that I've never, ever deserved. And that I could never, ever, ever earn it. God, thank you that your grace is enough for me. Some of you need to understand again that you are accepted not because of what you've done, but because of what Jesus has done. Because this is why this is why Paul, Paul, who murdered Christians, and God called him to lead this new church. Second Corinthians, he's writing about it. This is what he said. It's not that we think we're qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. Some of you need to take a step back from running yourself into the ground to uh, get approval from somebody or something. Or from yourself. 
an incessant desire. I haven't done it perfectly. I haven't done this, and I, and I have to get this right because if I don't, then I can't be accepted, or I can't. You you are unbeknownst living a life of fear of not being enough. And you know where it comes from? This, uh, just come on, uh, you got to hear this. That comes if you're fighting that fear. That comes from an abnormal sense of just self-absorption. Because all you see is yourself. Instead of what God has called you to. It doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for 20 minutes or 20 years. I've seen people who have been in church for, I mean, all their life it seems like. And all they know how to do is just try to earn somebody's love or affection or earn their own self-gratification by what they do. Living their whole life under this fear of not being enough. And maybe these fears aren't something you fight, but the fear you fight is the fear of God. You, you love that walking on that road, that solid road of predictability. It's always like this, and I love it. Some of you are like, no, that's not me. I love change. Change it up, baby. Until it changes the thing that you love. And then you're like, oh, didn't know that. I hate change. Because this is what we all do. We, we all have things that we don't want to change. And we fight this fear when it starts touching us. If anybody fought this fear, it was Mary. Mary had her life planned out. God interrupted it, changed it. We look at it as like, oh, wow, Mary, awesome. Mary only she looked at is like, okay, a huge bomb just got dropped into my whole life. I'm now going to be judged. Now I'm going to be side-eyed for the rest of my life. And I'm in this uh, this road that I have n- no control over. Some some of us fear this change more and and more, and and some of us run from change or fight change. Uh, when um, right before Jess and I were, were getting married, um, I owned a house in Austin. And uh, I mean, we we're it was months, it was a couple months before we got married, and you know, it, it was gonna be our house, but right now it was my house. Okay, some of you who are married don't understand what I'm talking, but but in the months leading to getting closer to getting married, things started popping up in my house. It was just a little something here or something. I was like, oh, that's nice. All of a sudden, I, I remember coming home when there was a huge, huge pink chair in my living room. What is this? Uh, my wife just said it's beautiful. You know what? It is beautiful to some people. Not to me. I mean, immediately I was like, honey, you got to get this thing out of, I feel, 
I feel like my masculinity is taking a big hit. I feel like I can only walk into my house if I'm wearing camo. Just to, to enter, you know, just to counteract the effects of, you know, because I, I, I was used to always having my home, right? But I didn't understand, and those of us who've been married for a while now, that, that one of the best muscles you can ever, ever develop in marriage is the ability to change, right? Or your translation, flexibility. I mean, some of you are about as flexible in your marriage. I'm, I just don't look at, just look straight at me, okay? You don't have to look at your spouse. Right? Some of you are about as flexible as this. You're like, I'm going to reach down and grab that pen. Oh, that's about as much as I can go. You're as stiff as a board. Because you, you, your inability to change has actually cost you so many things that you could do in your life. Because we, we just don't like it that much. And some of us just really fear it. Can I, can I talk about this fear just for a second? Do you know why this fear grabs so much uh, real estate in your head? It really comes down to expectation. And if you have no expectation for, or faith, for the future. Fear of change gets you, really what it boils down to is starts telling you, this is as good as it's going to get. And because it's as good as it's going to get, I'm going to fight tooth and nail for it to stay the same. But if you have faith, come on, if you have faith for the future that God can actually do more and God can do better, in the future, God, uh, uh, when you start pray, uh, praying those prayers that are in Ephesians where God can do immeasurably more than I could ever hope or imagine or think of. And, wow, that's what God can do and, oh, in my marriage. And God can do that in my job. And God can do that in my family. And God can do that in my own heart. God can do more and better. And God, I'm, I got more faith in the future than I have in the past. And, and I'm believing that God can do. What that does is that lessens your grip on the past and what you're trying to fight for not to change. And your grip now is starting to grab a hold of the future and, and what God wants to do in the future. Can I tell you, don't fight for uh, all things not to change. Fight for you having faith in the future that God can do better and do more. Because we all have things that we would, oh, man, I wish this could stay the same. But I, I also don't want to miss what God could do in the future. So God, just increase my faith. And the more your faith increases for the future, the less you feel like you're frozen in the past. And then all of a sudden the fear of change starts to loosen your grip. And more and more and more you're like, hey, let's, let's move forward. Let's, let's move forward. Then, and then you start understanding, I, I, I don't want it. I don't want this fear to guard me. I, I, I want to take a moment and pray that. But so if you would, just stand to your feet. We're going to worship in just a moment. I, come on, church, all around this room, everyone watching online.
a scripture um, maybe some of us have heard before. In uh, in First John, it says, "Such love has no fear, because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced this perfect love." Translation: The more that you experience the love of God, the less you experience fear in your life. So I don't know what fear you're battling. I don't know what fear you're fighting. But right now, right here, this is where, this is where you say, okay, God, I, I, I need to know your love. I need to feel your love more and more and more and more. So right here, right now, everybody online, oh, what, let's lift our hands. Let's lift our hands.